And I love that Tony's just like, he's just not that into you, which is funny. This um, implies that Tony watches rom-coms. I mean, who doesn't? True. See, they're not all as hard as they come off. They watch rom-coms. Serpents, yeah. they're people too. <laughs> Serpents, they're just like us. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. For Halloween this year, I dressed up as TJ Detweiler from Recess. Pictures on my Instagram if you care. And my name is Brittany Ray. I am a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Abertania, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And for Halloween this year, I dressed up as the drag queen Bianca Del Rio, and my beautiful girlfriend Sam dressed up as her fellow clown queen Trixie Mattel, and it was adorable, and we were at Disney World, so yeah. yeah. You can see pictures on my Twitter and on my Instagram. Today we have words to say about episode 203 of Riverdale, The Watcher in the Woods. So here's a quick uh, quick disclaimer here. If you paid attention to the end of our last episode, you will know this already. But uh, as you can tell, we skipped a week. Um, but we're here to talk about this episode now. And although this episode is being recorded and will be put up after the release of 204, uh, neither of us have seen 204 and we will not be discussing any spoilers from that episode. So this is still a spoiler-free party that we've got going here and it has killed me to not watch the episode for two full days. Plus, it's more fun to do it this way because we're like, ooh, what's going to happen next week? And then you know what? We get to find out right and after And literally everyone this. who's watching, who's listening to this is just like, girl, you're both stupid. So for thoughts from listeners, I have one that one of my friends sent me on Facebook for next episode um, because she ooh. was like, this is my theory and here's why. And I was like, I don't understand any of that. So I assume it's in the episode I haven't seen. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow when we record that uh but so the title is the watcher in the woods it was a 1980 horror film about two sisters who were trying to find a missing girl in the woods and it was based on a 1976 mystery novel so shout out well all right so there's that it's kind of watches the watchers that's a great star trek the next generation episode you should go watch it right now no not right now we're busy you're right First thing we're going to talk about is this whole thing with Kevin. So I was thinking, you know what? I can record with whoever next week. But then as soon as I watched the episode, I was like, no, no, no. I need Brittany's thoughts on this. (laughs) Because, like, I didn't even know how to take it. Like, I was like, is this... I can't tell if this is progressive or if it's not. (laughs) I'm, like, of two minds about it. But I know for sure it's definitely not progressive. Because I was like, is this them being like, yeah, here's a thing about gay culture and blah, 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 and everyone should be like, "Uh uh-huh, totally. Or is this like, girl, you are so off? Like, I I just, I don't even know. I think that's like what they were trying Mm -hmm. to do. But in the end, it came out being like, gay culture is hooking up in the woods. And in order to feel wholesome, you must purge yourself of it. And it, it just, it came off being like, like, gay culture is like, a gateway drug Mm. to, like, prostitution, which has been a huge thing that the entire community has been, like, trying to, like, get away from in terms of, like, perception. Because not only is it incorrect, but it's, like, this weirdly ingrained social idea. And then Riverdale was just, like, gay culture is hooking up with random dudes in the woods. And I was like, okay. Okay, (laughs) sure. Uh. 
like what is this sloppy metaphor like you know they just did it so that they could have uh jughead say that final line mm-hmm. about going into the woods and i was like well you know the big lesson of the episode about going into the woods is don't do it because people will shoot you literally yes but how know. happy are you that midge and moose are alive because i, I am, am thrilled so relieved I was so worried they were going to kill them. And then I like when Moose was like, um, I used like my big body to shield her. And I was like, um, adorable. <laughs> I love you both. Please be, be end game. Yeah. Except that, uh, Moose says he doesn't really feel their relationship. And I'm like, yeah. Moose, it's probably because you're actually, which what, it drives me absolutely nuts because by now gay later is my least favorite thing in the entire world. Uh-huh. But it obviously that is Moose's plot line here. Right. Um, so starting with what's actually going on, um, Kevin is in the woods, he's making out with some random, here's the gunshot, I love the dude who's just like, oh, yikes, bye, and he just <laughs> Okay, bye. Uh, because all the alive, gay dudes in Riverdale ha- hang out in the woods. And Kevin finds them. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, sup, Kevin, what were you even doing there? And he was like, I was night jogging. And I was like, oh, of course. But also, do you know why that's a, a good excuse in Riverdale? Because Archie does that shirtless You're right. down the street. When Archie does it, it's fine. But when Kevin does it, it's a problem. <laughs> well, I wish you didn't see me because I was putting air quotes up in the air. My, I, I just wonder about this because it's like, Kevin, it must be nice to feel safe going out in the middle of the night in the woods. Freaking can't relate. Yeah, but that was interesting because... Kevin can, quote-unquote, safely do it, but uh, Midge can't. True. So, like, I don't... Th- or not Midge. Um, what's Barb's name? Uh, Ethel. Thank you. What's Barb's anyway. name? I don't... I can't keep... <laughs> what's Barb's name? What's Barb's name? <laughs> I just been thinking a lot about Stranger Things, okay? No, um, same... I watched season two in, in 10 hours. We we finished the last episode on Halloween. I have so many feelings. and I have so many, and they're all related to the fact that that was Steve's season. I'm obsessed with him. I know, he's your new Jughead, and I'm cool with that. You know what? I'm cool with it, too. <laughs> I feel like you've... I feel like it's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah? Yes! Like, one's, like, a brooding anti-hero, and then one's an actual, like, brooding anti-hero. Yeah. Who's actually secretly, like, a huge dad. Exactly. Did you mean the yeah. best type of characters? Literally my favorite. Yeah. He's, like, he's like everything that Jughead wishes he could be. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> okay. I have a <laughs> lot of feelings. I literally, like, posted two new, or three new um, designs on my Redbubble because I was so, like, inspired by Steve Harrington. And, like, oh my God. I've already sold a bunch of stickers. That's so cute. People relate. Please buy my sticker. Um, also, Steve Harrington is yeah, my babysitter. Yeah, I was just going to say, what is it? It says Steve Harrington is my babysitter. You got to see it, though, because I, like, designed it special. One sec. This is so cute. I want to see it. At Robin E. Jeffrey, pretty mm-hmm. much everywhere. LOL, you're not Steve Harrington. Steve Harrington is my babysitter. I think it looks good. I'm pumped about it. It does. It's cute as hell. Okay, anyway. Different murder kids. Different murder teens. All right, um, what else do we have here? Boop, 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 boop. 
Okay. Kevin says that he wants to get in shape for wrestling, which I think is relevant in the next episode. Uh, but okay. I mean, we'll see in like an hour when we watch it. I mean, could he have picked a gayer sport? <laughs> True. So Cheryl is listening behind them. I'm like, how are you not noticing? Betty totally hates this. Why can't you just go on grind them? Grind them? <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay. She's like, anyway, don't go back. And like, I guess I'm on Kevin's side because it's like, Betty, don't try and like live his life. He has a few good points. Like, like you can do whatever you want, but I have to like go out here or whatever. And like, you live in this jolly gumdrop world and things like, you didn't ask me permission if you could date Jughead and Archie, you know, like there's some Yeah, straight people have it easier. But other things that it's just like, Kevin, like I'm on Betty's side on this one just because it's like, don't go out in the woods when there's a murderer. Yeah. I mean, like, Kevin has a legitimate point that, like, straight people, especially if you're gay in high school, they ha- straight people have it so much easier in high school. Because, like, you know, there's, like, a whole mess of people that you can just, you know, you can find anyone. Yeah. Um, especially if you're a band nerd. Because, you know that part in Mean Girls where um, she's introducing Katie to all of the kids and she goes, weird, sexually active band nerds. Yeah. That is a really accurate portrayal of band nerds. Sidebar. (laughs) But anyway, so for gay kids, it's really freaking hard to be gay in high school. But at the same time, Betty is literally saying, hey, don't go out in the woods because people get murdered there. And he kind of turned it into, you have it easier than me being straight. And I'm like, the two things don't quite equate because a normal high school experience is not being gay and resorting to going out into the woods and I'm guessing hooking. Yeah. So I don't know. I know I didn't do that in high school, but you know. Who really knows with kids these days? <laughs> True. The next scene is Betty's like, Kevin, you didn't come to Veronica's like you said that you would. And then he's like, I didn't ask you permission, blah, blah, blah. Either way, Cheryl is listening in again. Tag yourself, I'm Cheryl. And it's like, Betty, this is none of your business. Cheryl's like, so heckin' what? Let him do what he wants, I think, is what she's saying. And she's saying, yeah. he used to be this lonely dork who nobody liked, and he still thinks he's that. And like, I don't really... Okay, but, like, that doesn't mean you can go out into the woods and get murdered. What? Also, I like the the, per- the perception that, like, kids with who are fat and have acne obviously hate themselves. And I'm like, yeah. you know, teenagers have it hard enough. <laughs> like, True. Christ. She's like, he Maybe. needs validation no matter what, even if he has to potentially get murdered. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me, but okay. But also, like, having been the fat kid, you know what I didn't do? <laughs> go out into the woods and look for validation from weird men. So I think, yes, we are at the hospital now. Um, Midge wants to thank Kevin. He's her hero now. Why is Kevin there if he's just going to be, like, kind of standoffish? I think because he feels obligated to, right? You think? Yeah. It's like if... It's like he saved their lives. He, like, he, he has oh. to visit them. See, I wasn't even Manners. thinking about that. I was thinking, like... Nobody knows really that you and Moose were hooking up. Like, people don't think that you're friends, so why are you going over there? And it's, of course, because he's the one who found them. Yeah, you're totally right. Oh, but hey, freaking shout out that they remembered Moose and uh, Kevin's relationship. Yes. Literally, I was was like, okay, great. Moose is alive. And then as soon as this scene came, I was like, bye, Moose is alive. Yeah. This is what I wanted. This scene was good. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what did you think of, like, what they were talking about in the scene and, like, the undertones of it? Well, here, let me, let me remind people. 
Yes, please do. So he's saying it was Midge's idea to do the drugs and stuff, which we know because Midge was the one who propositioned Reggie for that. He's saying, listen, I like Midge, but like, I don't know, or whatever. And like, um, the kind of thing that I'm thinking about for this is just that I was on Jughead's Wikipedia page, like not like actual comic wow, book Jughead. Wow, that's so shocking for you. I know. <laughs> um, but it says that canonically in like one of the AU uh, comic books or whatever that mm. Jughead actually ends up marrying Midge. And so I'm wondering that's if right. that's uh, something. I don't know. I don't actually know. I'm just thinking like maybe they're setting up the fact that Moose and Midge aren't endgame. Um, Which is disappointing, but also if Moose gets to explore his sexuality more, I think that that could be okay. totally worth it. Yeah, I think you know? so too. Yeah. I, like, I want Midge and Moose to be together forever, but if they're going to give my girl some representation, I can give it up, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Kev is out doing scary things. It's like he doesn't care about himself. What I really love about this moment is that he says, guys like us. Like us. Like, he, he's not even like, <sighs> okay, here's my thought. And tell me if I'm off base because, of course, I'm not in this community, so I don't know if I can talk. But it's like... Um, you're the A. Yeah. Y- no, you're right, but I'm not the B. True. So... Um, Sometimes you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So in my experience slash what I know about people in the closet, mm-hmm. it's like something that you just kind of think about and stew in for a really long time and Mm -hmm. then potentially you come out and everything and like although moose isn't out out being like i'm dating a dude now i like dudes he he still is out enough or like he's in his heart he knows this thing like he's not really yeah um he's not denying it within himself um enough to be like right at the beginning of the of the entire show propositioning kevin making out with kevin all the time here he is in this hospital bed and like i don't know his life is flashed before his eyes or whatever and now Mm -hmm. he's just like guys like us you know like like i wonder if midge knows i guess is my big question um well first of all you were right about like you know the coming out Mm -hmm. process is you know, a lot of it is you're in denial mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, and then you accept it and then you start using it like that label just with yourself. Right. To see if it fits right. I know this is like my experience. Sure. And then slowly like you tell like one or two people and mm-hmm. you tell people that you're comfortable with. So obviously Moose told Kevin because like they they had an experience together. So Moose is comfortable being out with Kevin. Yeah. But I truly don't think Midge knows because... I think Moose is very secretive about it. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin's probably the only person who knows in Moose's entire life. It must be such a relief to, like, be in a room with just Kevin. Yeah. And be able to just, like, live truthfully for a second. Just be like, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. <sighs> I want more Moose. Well, I mean, that's where, like, a lot of, like, the best part of the community comes from. It's just you're surrounded by people like you and you're safe and everything's okay and you can just be yourself. Okay, next step is say it out loud. Yes. In the script, say the word. Just say it. And I'm hoping that they allow Moose that, you know, maybe he's just not feeling his relationship with Midge because Midge isn't the right fit for him. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they don't knew, do buy now, gay later, because that's such right. a hard stereotype that the whole community is, like, 
the whole bi community really has to rail against because it makes people seem like, you know, like bisexual people aren't real people. And I'm like, I am here to tell you that we're real. Yeah, like it's just a transition. Yeah, it's not a transition. For many of us, it's how we are. I think I, I understand that concept, but just for some people who might not, do you want to explain that? Oh, um, like, I guess there's just like this general idea with a lot of um, sexuality that, you know, you're, you're, the first step in the coming out process is saying, oh, I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. And that me- and it makes it okay because it means you're half and half and half, quote unquote, normal. So like you're, people think bisexual is half straight, half gay. It's not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're still half straight, then you're not all the way gay. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then slowly you start to understand that like maybe you identify as completely gay, which is fine and a totally valid part of like the process. But people need to know that there is a sexuality of bisexuality and then there's also being gay and for bisexual people the really big preconceived notion about us is that we just haven't picked yet Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't want to pick between apple pie and cheesecake why can't i enjoy both desserts true yeah so that so i'm kind of hoping that they allow him to you know remain a bi character just because you know, it's nice to see that representation, especially for men, because men don't usually get to be bisexual. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, they just go straight to gay. Yeah. So those are all my... That's my Britney soapbox of the day. I love it. Yeah. Um. Another one of my notes here says, take chance, so not alone. So <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I'll understand this later, and then I don't. Um, then you don't. But I think it's... And sometimes I just can't remember who says what to who. I know that <laughs> Moose is the one who says something about, like, so they're not alone, you know? So, like yeah. we were talking about, it's nice that he gets to be in a room with Kevin. Uh, and then Kevin, like, tries to leave. And he says, don't go. Or, like, you know, if you want, you can, like, come back or whatever. I'm just like, somebody help him. Like, he come, he came out to one person. And now he has this person. But this person isn't doing what I believe should be, like, their duty if somebody trusts you with that. No, see, I don't think that's fair, though. Okay. Because I don't think it's fair to put the burden of your coming out on someone and expect them to react the way you want them to react. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wonder, like, I guess... Like, as a friend, I would like Kevin to be supportive because he understands Moose. But I think Kevin's also, like, on this journey where, like, he's really struggling with like his identity in Riverdale and I think Moose could be a really helpful person for him I think so too and I guess like my thought would be like Moose should have picked somebody who wasn't going through their own journey right now you know like somebody who could who could really help him help him out here because it really does seem like he just needs somebody to talk to but like at the same time the whole point of the episode was like there is no one in Riverdale to talk to true. in Kevin's mind. True. And, you know, while that may not, like, necessarily be true, because, you know, at any given point, us gay people are all around you. Yeah. Um, in the this queers, show, it's kind of... The queers it's surround kind of like, you. <laughs> it's true, though. That's my favorite thing on the internet is when, like, homophobes get really scared. I just comment and be like, you are surrounded by gay people at all times. We're all here. We are always around. If you're listening to this podcast, we surround you (laughs) in both life and in your ears. This has become an ASMR. (laughs) Quick, someone start tapping their nails on something. 
which by the way i do not find soothing <laughs> i mean i'm not really one for that either i'll watch them if they're like art videos where they just like slowly like draw something yeah, yeah. okay anyway <laughs> so cheryl is at pops strawberry milkshake by the way and do you notice no one ever up. drinks their milkshakes hmm notice no one ever drinks their milkshake <gasps> you're right that's a waste of a milkshake. Right. I had a popcorn milkshake at Disney this week. Uh-huh. Best milkshake I've ever had. Tell me more. Like, what did it taste like? It tasted it tasted like 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 salted caramel, vanilla, and then like sweet popcorn. That's incredible. It was so it was like buttery and it was just like oh my god, it was so, uh, my mouth is watering thinking about it. So Cheryl has called Betty and she's basically like, you should have more respect for yourself. He's like, we don't have the same options. All he has is this thing. Please don't call it disgusting. Maybe we're not friends. But also, you should have more respect for yourself. Um, Betty with her weird BDSM kink and trying to sleep with uh, Jughead in a trailer? Yeah. Girl. The hypocrisy is real. Also, please let Jughead be asexual. (laughs) Please. Just let him. Please. It would be really cool. Another, something that I was actually thinking about regarding this recently was, like, Mm. it's, it's really hard to, first of all, to find asexual representation, but, like, even if you think you found one, you'll never really know. Because it's, like, if they just don't have a love interest, you're, like, oh, that could be it. And, like, maybe it could be, but you'll never know unless they... Go, go it. against it or unless they say yeah. nah it's not really something i'm into not really something i feel you know which it, yeah. like why would they say that why like somebody's gonna have to bring it up it's gonna have to be like an actual choice conversation that the writers make yeah. to bring this up which doesn't really happen then with um bisexuality say it's like of course it's hard to find representation again but it's easier to show representation yeah you're like, right moose dating midge also dates Kevin. He doesn't have to say it out loud, but you know, because he's dating, because he's, like, hooked up with both of them. That's true. <sighs> life. Uh, <laughs> Laughs tiredly. Ah, life. life. Um, okay, so Kevin's phone is off. Betty goes to his house. Kevin goes to this mystery car, and then he has this, like, thought. Did you think that Kevin got murdered? Straight up. I was about to text you in the middle of it and be like, not Kevin. <laughs> I remember being like, are you joking? Like, I was going to be like, this is literally, first of all, worst nightmare. Second of all, you should have known better. Third of all, where's now where's the queer rep? I just... But it's so not fair because, like, in a perfect world, you should be able to take a walk or a yeah. run at night and not get straight up murdered. So it's like, less you should have known better and more... Please stop murdering people. And, like, when he he gets in, gets stabbed or whatever, and then it's like, never mind. But the dude is still really aggressive. And so it's like... Well, you know, that's once again, like, the commentary on, like, you know, gay Mm -hmm. culture. So he gets home. His dad is waiting for him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was with Betty. And he's like, girl, you a liar. Um, Because she was just here looking for you. He's saying, there are certain things that we don't talk about. Maybe we should talk about them. I need to know that you're safe all the time. I'm, I specifically remember watching this episode live and being like, give Mm -hmm. me a hug. Come on. 
I just want a <laughs> hug. That's all I want. The entire scene being like, come on, just give him a hug. And then as soon as it happened, I was like, thank you so much. This is literally all I wanted from the scene. Thank you. <laughs> well, we always talk about how much we love like Dad yeah. Keller and his support of Kevin like who, as mm-hmm. who he is. And I think it's really sweet. And so Kevin cries. And I thought that, that maybe this was going to be like a moment where it's like, then Kevin is still mad at Betty. And I mean, I guess I get why, but also it's like, I had this vision where this guy stabbed me. You were right. Now you got me to talk to my dad and that's great. Thank you so much. Or is it like a, this was none of your business. You have crossed a line. Clearly. Well, also Kevin's an irrational teenager. Yeah, you right. Who thinks that gay culture is hooking up in the woods. Yeah. So, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How many times do you think we could say that phrase? Take a shot every time we do. You might die, though. Yeah, you will probably die. Those are all my Kevin thoughts. Those are also all my Kevin thoughts. Sweet. Um, Now we're going to talk about the the Coopers. This is a really quick thing because most of Betty's stuff is with Jughead and Kevin. But the first thing we have with that is that Betty is going to school. They got some mail. There was a thing on the porch that just said Cooper on it, which is very foreboding. Yeah, it's like, no one seems overly worried, except for Polly, that the murderer, yeah. like, knows where they live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, look, we have fan mail. He calls himself the Black Hood. We should, I guess he so, wants yeah, us. killer was taken. <laughs> we should publish, like, he wants us to publish this letter. Here's how we know it's real, because here's Fred's wallet, and here's Grundy's glasses. I mean, like, it's nice that um, he returned the wallet with the money still in it. <laughs> Just to make sure he's like, well, I'm virtuous. I return things that are taken. And it's like, you shot a dude. You shot a dude, though. Um, I kind of mentioned what the Black Hood was in um, in canon mm-hmm. um, last episode when we learned about it in the trailer. But I just want to uh, come back here and, and make sure that I haven't missed anything really important. Cool, 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 cool. So he first appeared in... Uh, an issue in 1940 and he was one of the most popular characters he has been in four self-titled series as well as own has his own radio show whoa he has been i was about to make fun of it and i'm like Brittany, what do you think you're doing right and now and published by dc comics okay okay because okay. if the cw didn't have enough dc stuff yeah, going yeah, on. yeah it looks like he has two different um secret identities <gasps> what's the first um, one so we're not sure about that okay either way like the thing is that he's a superhero he's not a villain so we were right about the fact that he's going after sinners but how is, how is a superhero punishing people actually a superhero true that's like misguided batman you know what this is it's dolores umbridge okay it is though mm-hmm. it's like some weird like evangelical like parallel and i'm like okay like, well, I'll that's the thing it. is that, like, they say the reason why Umbridge can cast a Patronus, because the whole thing is that people who use dark magic and are evil cannot cast a Patronus. And people are like, okay, Joe, well, then why can Umbridge cast a Patronus? And she, her answer for that was because she believes genuinely that what she's doing is the right thing to do. But that's, like, the point of, like, all good villains is they yeah. believe that they're the hero. I mean, unless you're, like, nuts, in which case you're like, I am the villain. It's fun. I am the one who knocks. But this this guy is, is, enjoys what he's doing, I guess. But here's the thing, is that we thought, oh, Fred's 
Fred's crime was that he was working with Hiram when actually he had an affair with Hermione and that's why. But also it's like, why are you shooting Fred? Why are you not shooting Hermione? But also how many people truly knew about that? True. That's, that's what I want to know is like, this wasn't that big a public knowledge, was it? I guess maybe they were kind of openly dating for a while. I don't, I don't know, but I do know that he came arm in arm with Hermione and Mary to that like little shindig they had in season yeah. one. So. You know, back when Hermione was still Hermione and not, like, yeah. some weird Cersei Lannister ripoff. What? Yeah. Who said that? But my favorite part about this is that he calls Grundy a child predator. And it's like, thank you! Finally! Finally! Someone calls a spade a spade. Thank you so much! Yes! I love that it's not even just, like, oh, she... Because there are, like, watered-down things to call this, you know? It's like, oh, well, he was, like, basically an adult. Or whatever, you know? Like, people can, like, water it down like that. But, like, legally, child. Using the word child is really important, I think. But also, everyone seems to be aware of this, but no one thought, hey, she should go to jail. True. Like, y'all got to the child predator part by yourself, but didn't get to the put her in jail part? Mm -hmm. Dum-dums. He calls Moose and Midge drug and sex-addicted teens or whatever. And it's like okay like how long have you been watching moose and midge to like make this judgment call um he's like you'll hear from me again and so um sheriff keller now has a first name it's tom i don't know how to feel about that um i wish it was something that started with a k is that weird yes no i no because you texted me and you said here's sheriff keller's name and i was like it should be one with a k and then i texted you all my examples you did Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I totally even forgot about that. Let me, I need to know. Remember, because I picked, oh, like... Oh, yeah! I was like... Because um, I wanted it to be, like, Kardashian, so I was like, Kellyan. And then... I picked yeah. something, and you did not like it at all. Kellyan, Keith, and Carl. Yeah, I like... Keith? I picked Keith, because it's the worst name. And I went, Kellyan Keller? Yeah. That's too much. No, it's perfect. I like Carl. Carl, Carl, Carl Keller. Carl Keller. I guess. I don't know. But Carl, like with a K, is a lost reference. And so that's why I would like it. It's hashtag so Kardashian. (laughs) Okay, okay. But they're like, hey, you guys probably shouldn't publish this. And she's like, oh. (gasps) Oops, oops, oops. Like, yeah, right. Like, they knew they were going to be like, don't publish this. And they would have been like, oh, there's nothing I can do now. I'm absolutely on Alice's team on this one. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, because, like, I would want to know if I was in that town. Yeah, I understand press embargoes. They're actually really important. But in this town, I feel like the press embargoes are, like, less for safety and more to, like, keep up the public reputation of the town as, like, this safe, sleepy, idyllic little place. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, on the mayor's part. So I was like, no, you go, Team Blossom, even though I still don't understand why the dad is back. True. Also, I forgot his name. That's how much I care I think about you, meant Coop- you meant Cooper and not Blossom. Yeah, I sure did. You were like, even though the dad is back, I was like, girl, he's dead. What you talking about? Dude, I'm super jet-lagged, okay? okay. This time yesterday, I was at Disney World. (laughs) I'm so sorry, first of all. Second of all, Polly wants to leave. And she's like, I'm going to go and live on that farm that we were going to live on. And I was like, okay, that's like when you'd say that a dog's going to live on a farm. Since when is Polly a dead dog? But like, also, I guess they 
kind of forgot to like keep writing Polly and they were like, oh, maybe we should do something about her. Let's just send her away. Well, I think like she just got cast on Once Upon a Time. So I think that's probably where she's going. But also like, I don't mind because I was never super into Polly's story in the first place. I just want her to have her kids tell me what their names are and then I'll be good. Her weird incest kids? Plus, I think that they're bringing in their like long lost brother. So as long as Betty has a sibling, I guess. Sure. Yeah. But she's like... Why not? He's targeting sinners. And they're like, you're not a sinner, Polly. And she's just like, literally, let me name all of the things I have done. Also, how freaking long has Polly been pregnant for? Yeah. Like, how long has she been carrying those kids? She looks the same amount of pregnant as, like, last season. Well... How, how much time has passed? Well, I think she got pregnant in... Okay, so Jason died on July 11th. And so she must have gotten pregnant, like, a bit before that because he knew about it. And then they had to plan Mm -hmm. their whole getaway and such. Um, Yeah, so, like, she's been pregnant for, like, 50 bazillion years. Do they still have to have Christmas? Did they have Christmas already? I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, yes, because winter has passed. Okay. Yeah. So, she should be due pretty quick here i don't i think the timeline on riverdale just doesn't make any sense and we need to accept that okay yeah i accept the last thing we have for here is just polly leaving um because potentially because she has to go and be on once upon a time and she's not saying goodbye to their parents which is you know alice has actually done like so much work and like self-improvement and then she's like mom's always sorry and i'm like in what way is a murderer running around riverdale your mother's fault yeah just really try and do these mental gymnastics for me so i can understand i mean not saying goodbye to your dad fair (laughs) oh yeah no he's a garbage human are you ready to move on to the lodges yeah so veronica's like dad can i ask you a question or, or I guess she's like, Mom, I need to ask Dad a question. So there are these rules, I guess, about his study that, like, she's not allowed to go inside, I guess. But either way, like, you know, he can hear them probably this entire time. Like, every time they have, like, a tiny conversation, I'm always just like, he's listening to you. Exactly, because he's a big old creep. She says, well, it's the season premiere of The Matchelorette. Which I'm like, ah, oh, yes, of course. It Wait, is. did they really say the Matchelorette the instead Matchelorette. of the Bachelorette? Yeah. I don't ever want to hear or watch this show ever again. <laughs> I honestly think that the Matchelorette is a better name than the Bachelorette. Because I like puns. You know what? I could get behind that. Plus, yeah. um, yeah, that's it. That's it. I could just get behind that. Also, I think it's really funny that she's like, oh, inner circle only. I'm like, girl, that's what you said last time. And then Chuck and Cheryl showed up. Yeah, like, get it together. Also, who? what is inner circle? You invited Ethel and Joaquin last time. And Kevin. And when is Cheryl going to be in the inner circle, man? Um, it just, just fold her in. Yeah. <laughs> and what's Josie doing? True. She's supposed to be a series regular. True. Where? Anyway, her dad's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, so she's like, guys, you should all come over. We're watching The Bachelorette. And they're like, um, there are kind of priorities here, but I guess. Someone got murdered, Veronica. Um, she's like, come on, meet my dad. And they're like, sure, whatever. Who doesn't want to eat meat? Eat pure evil. Today's a day. (laughs) So the, her parents are like, we have to go to dinner. Um, but it was nice to meet you. Meets friends. 
Uh, so he meets Betty, then he meets Jughead, and it's just like, yeah, FP's a good man. He values family. I'm like, what an interesting thing to say. Yeah. And also, Jughead, if you had any manners, you would take your hat off. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I mean, if we're thinking about, um... You heathen? If we're thinking about, like, the metaphor of Jughead's hat, then, like, I totally get why he didn't. Oh, no, I absolutely get why he didn't. I'm just, like, Juggy. Yeah. True. He's really weird with Archie, which, like, what else is new? Um, basically saying, the police aren't always the best, you need to take matters into your own hands, invites Archie over for dinner. But it's like, yes! Vigilanteism! This is literally my favorite plot line of any, like, any any trope, anything. I love vigil- vigilanteism. Explain. I just, I don't know why. I love the idea of people, like, taking matters into their own hands in, like, the name of, like, good and evil. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, that was, like, basically the the entire plot of Person of Interest. Right. Was, like, literally two vigilantes waging war against, like, a crooked and corrupt system. So, like, I'm about this. Well, I was about it until that final shot, and then I was not about it. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Hermione worried about Hiram's intentions, warns Veronica again, he's listening. Wait, so does Hermione actually think that, like, he's a dangerous guy? Like, what's going on with her? I don't know, because she's saying, like... Mom, just say that you think he's dangerous, and she won't do it. But it's, like, very clear with all of her, like, actions that she's, like, kind of scared of him. So it's, like, once again, you kind of got to wonder, like, is this actually an abusive relationship that Hermione's found herself in? In my opinion. That she can't get out of. So far, it really looks like it to me. But she keeps, and I mean, I understand the impulse to, you know, keep putting yourself in that situation because it's all you know, and Hermione is someone who needs a really big comfort zone and things like that, but, like, she seems to be aggressively, like, both on his team, Mm -hmm. but also taunting Veronica? Well, I think, like, whenever he's around, then it's like, of course I'm on your team, yes, let me lie to my daughter about the letter that you wrote, and just all of these things, and then as soon as it's alone... With Veronica or something, it's like, you need to look out. It's like, it's like she's going, save yourself. Like, it's too late for me, you know? Mm-hmm. But I wish that they would make that more text. And of course, it's only episode three. But I wish they would make that more textually clear. Mm-hmm. Because at this moment, she's really coming off as like a Cer- Cersei Lannister type. Okay, okay. But without the protectiveness of her child. Sure. Next, we have Veronica and Archie at Pops. He's invited to dinner, and he's like, oh, I can't really do it next week. And she's like, I don't care. Make, Make it, it work. It's, it's a test about, like, for Hiram to see if he can just be a dad, be a normal guy. Um, for him to meet someone who's important to her. Uh, he can't have Spanish lessons, but she'll give him some small phrases to learn. Which I think is nice. Yeah. But also, like, do you really think Hiram could actually be a real dad? No. No, he spent Veronica's entire childhood in his study. And also, like, maybe it's just the actor, but it really feels like he's kind of a non-feeling kind of robot guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's super sinister. It's like nothing, like, penetrates that exterior. And, like, I haven't seen this actor in anything else, so I don't know if this is, like, a choice or if this is just him. I to me it feels like a choice. It feels like a choice to me too. I'm like if if the director isn't looking for this, then why aren't they changing it? Yeah, so. I think it's it's a deliberate choice because they're trying to like keep Hiram's motivations like 
in the dark, which makes me like super curious and I'm super into like whatever he's up mm-hmm. to. Like, I really want to know, like, you know, what his agenda is. Like, why is he pushing Archie so much on this vigilante thing? Like, what what does Archie's vigilantism cover up that Hiram is, like, hiding? Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, I feel like it's, like, some kind of smokescreen for something yeah. else, you yeah. know? So, Hermione warns her again, um, and Veronica's like, he's just trying to make an effort. Do you think he's dangerous? She's the one who welcomed him back. So, like, what can she do except for embrace what has happened now you know it's like life gives you lemons yeah and i think veronica has this totally fair point Mm -hmm. so now we have hiram is zipping up hermione it's interesting that they're using this like metaphor of the zip it's very Mm -hmm. um uh i guess suspenseful Mm -hmm. um not in like the regular way behind her and she's very vulnerable yeah not in like the regular way but kind of just like once like what happens once he gets to the top i guess once once he's finished yeah. zipping um but also this reminded me of deathly hallows part one when Ginny's just like zip me up harry can you not remind me of that absolutely horrible scene well i mean the only thing that saves that scene is george coming in and going morning yeah that was yeah. the best part those the Ginny and harry in the books great yes. Ginny and harry in the movies two wooden uh, like dolls yes. like pressing their faces skulls <laughs> together <laughs> So he's basically saying, yeah, I heard all your conversation with Veronica and basically threatens her to say, well, he doesn't threaten her being like, or else, but it's kind of like, don't do that anymore. Okay. And it's like, um, unspoken threat. So he is dangerous and he is threatening her. And what's up with this family? Remember when Hermione and Veronica were on their own and everything was fine and it was good. I liked that. I liked that a lot. Go away, Hiram. (laughs) He's ruining everything. And also Hermione's ruining everything. Fred is saying, listen, Hiram is my business partner, so can you not mess it up, please? And Archie's like, literally, I'm going to be totally polite. It's going to be chill. And Fred's like, okay, but if he wants to be offended, he'll find something to be offended about. Which is, like, <laughs> super Me. relevant to people, just in general. That's, lit- that's literally, like, current culture. Mm-hmm. But also, like, sometimes I deeply relate to that. Whatever, bye. <laughs> so Archie is really nervous. They're at the table and everything. And they're on one side of the table again. Is this something that people do? Or is this what? just for the camera again? I'm sure it's just for the camera. It's very annoying. <laughs> I, love, I love that in Riverdale, uh, dinner parties are the most uncomfortable scenes. Mm-hmm. It cracks me up how uncomfortable dinner party scenes are in this show. Yeah. I'm like, I want more of them. I want it, like, I, I just love it. He's talking to him about his, like, vigilanteism, being like, yes, you're trying to get ahead of the threat. I think that's nice. Hey, do you like rum? And I'm like, <laughs> what is the problem with adults in Riverdale being, like, having no thought about the law and like coming of age you know first of all grundy no respect for coming of age all of these parents who are being like oh alcohol sure well i think maybe it's different in america because like their drinking age is just so much farther away than yeah because like in canada of course it's 18 19 mm-hmm. in sp- specific provinces yeah how old are these kids supposed to be again uh 16 or 17 so, like, I feel like the thing is, you know, if you're going to drink, do it in my supervision sort of thing. Right. But also, like, I feel like the only actual good parent now is Fred Andrews. Yes, because even he says, is this something that your dad would approve of or whatever? And he's like, rum? No. And it's like, well, yeah, because he's a normal sane person. Yeah. <laughs> Rich people are weird. 
he's saying there's we have a family label of rum or whatever he's like let's go into my study and veronica's thinking i can go into the heckin study and he's like oh girl not you and like what's with this patriarchal thing where like women aren't allowed in the study not you honey like i hate this I hope Veronica, like, ends the season by, like, burning the study. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> or, like, sitting in the chair and, like, slowly swinging around, like, all of this is mine now. You should do the thing where, like, somebody, like, just spins her. Yes. Just a lot. That'd be good, I think. Yeah. Hermione says that he will always keep her at arm's length, and she's just pretty heckin' drunk. She's drunk and, like, mean. Yeah. I miss other Hermione. I mean, I wonder if it's like, you know, he just threatened her, so that was probably just kind of a forget about it kind of drunk, I guess. But it's like, if both of them know that he's absolute garbage, maybe it's time to start thinking about um, not being around him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He has this Veronica painting up in his study. Do you think Veronica knows about that? Yeah, I'm sure she did. You think? She's never been in there. Well, because I'm, I'm sure she had to sit to have it commissioned. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. True. Do you know how rich people are? You're right. I've seen Gilmore Girls. I should know. Exactly. Um, He's like, listen, we should just respect each other. You know, no more sneaking. And also, number one, don't hurt Veronica ever. And it's like, you will be murdered. Which is like, okay, that's pretty standard. <laughs> it's like, well... It's endgame now. Yeah. Because otherwise Archie just gets murdered, I guess. Oh, imagine that being the end of Riverdale. <laughs> Archie just dies. Archie breaks up with Veronica, gets just like has a curse set on him, so just dies immediately. And then when he wakes up, it's like Sabrina greeting him, and she's like, hey, welcome to the alternate universe. Welcome to the upside down. Stop. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so he's basically saying... You sh- instead of being all defense, you should be offense with terror. Use terror and fear. That's bad advice for a this teenager. That's terrible That's bad advice. advice. That's bad advice. That's bad advice. That's bad advice. Terrible advice. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Lastly, Veronica wants an active role in Lodge Industries. Um, she wants to get her hands dirty. She wants to be in the room where it happens. <gasps> Did you scream? I'm like, whose hand must I shake to bless us with this? <laughs> Thank you. That's, like, one of my favorite songs, too. Yeah. Also, she has another mimosa. Like, she just has a mimosa every morning. I want to be in the room where it happens. What the heck? I mean, is the theme of this podcast not rich people are weird and gay culture is hiding in the woods? Yeah, and the law is the law for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Be active. See if I care. (laughs) Should we move on to Jughead? Who? Who? Just kidding. Okay. All right, so Jughead. His head is a jug. First of all, has to go and, like, meet his peer mentor. And Betty's like, can't you just keep coming to Riverdale High? And I'm like... No, Betty, because he's not registered to go to school there. Yeah, literally no. What was he even doing there in the first place? It just is so weird to me that the schools are so different. It's... I mean... I get that it's kind of like a commentary on like inner city schools, mm-hmm. but it's just also kind of like super clunky. <laughs> well, like, because there's way more people of color in like the Serpents area, and I'm like, so y'all really did that, huh? And it's just like, I don't know if I lived on the south side, either I would move or I would be like, whatever, I'll bring my kids to Riverdale High. Like, I get that not everybody can afford to do that, but like, 
like, make more of an effort if, if it's so dangerous at that school. Homeschool. Like, I just, I want to know if it's supposed to be, like, a culture or, like, a commentary on, like, inner city schools and, like, the oppression of, like, and the poverty that surrounds, like, you know, a lot of, like, worse neighborhoods in a lot of, like, gentrified cities and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, and I can see how they're trying to do that. I just so far don't quite get what they're trying to say, you know? Yeah. He gets to Southside High. They have metal detectors there. He has to take... He basically is forced to, to like, break down his wall by taking off his hat while he meets this other girl. Mm-hmm. While he meets her, he has he doesn't have his hat on. So that's an important thing. How do you feel about that? Know. I like her. You don't like her or you do? I do. I do like her. I like her too. But I also have, like, a theory. I kind of like that... Betty doesn't just, like, get something, you know? Like, I, I kind of want to see her what squirm. Do you mean? Is that weird? No, that's not weird. I like I like that she, like, maybe has some competition. I, don't I know. mean, I don't love the idea of pitting two women against each other, yeah. and I'm kind of hoping they don't do that. Yeah. But I kind of love that, like, it adds more complexity to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, I don't want them to, gives... like, hate each other, but I like, yeah. I like that it's just, like, Betty, you don't get everything handed to you. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. And and she seems, like, nice and, like, pretty positive for a serpent, you know? Yeah. I like her. I used yeah, to watch she- the actress who played her on Disney Channel, so it's nice to see her. She's so pretty. Yeah. So I pretty. Mean, she's probably like, Cole Sprouse, what up? Disney Channel buddies. Woo. High five. Survived Disney Channel Club. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Topaz is a person who was in the comics uh, canonically, and she was only in the Jughead stories that started early 2010s. So she's a pretty new character. And the way that he met her was that they were opponents in a cupcake eating contest. <laughs> um, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. Put that in Riverdale. And another thing that I saw on that page, like, right underneath Tony's name was Trev Brown. And, like, I didn't even think to look up Trev Brown, but, like, he's totally a person who existed in the comics as well. Oh, my God. Okay, but, like, this is the thing that I miss about the Archie comics vibe Mm -hmm. is the silly stuff. Yeah. You know, like, cupcake eating contests and stuff. Like, where's the the fun lightness, too? It's like everybody go to the beach and something happened that's kooky at the beach, you know? Yeah, like the Scooby and the gang vibe. Yeah. Um, she's basically saying, listen, there's no Wi-Fi, there aren't any bathroom doors. And I'm like, isn't this like, isn't that like something that you have to have? Like, yes, you're not allowed to have a, a school without bathroom doors, right? I, I mean, I don't think so, but I think that's just how shitty it is there. Mm, sure. So but we at have... the same time, schools have Wi-Fi? What? My school had Wi-Fi. Okay, well, I'm old. We weren't even allowed to have our cell phones anywhere near us. Okay. If we were caught even holding a cell phone, they took it away. Aw, that's sad. But those were in dinosaur time, okay. so you know. Okay, okay. Uh, so the school newspaper is called The Red and Black, which is wow. interesting. Wow. Um, they talk about Jingle Jangle, and she calls it the JJ. <laughs> Which I think is kind of interesting because that is Cheryl's nickname for Jason. And also that's Jughead's initials. Oh, you right. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Um, but either way, she says it's highly addictive. And then there's a second gang called the Ghoulies. Now, the Ghoulies <laughs> isn't a thing in comics, but it was a horror comedy film series 
about small the demonic ghoul. creatures. <laughs> the ghoul. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine coming up with a gang name and being like, what's the most menacing we can sound? Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Like, teenagers absolutely came up with that in, like, the 1980s. I feel like ghoulies sounds like a frozen Goonies. I think it sounds like Goonies. I mean, yeah. They're like, what's the scary version of the Goonies? The Goonies. They're like, here, come sit with us. And Jughead's like, actually, I'm a self-identified loner. And so I'm going to go sit by myself. But thank you so much. He's like that girl from Glow who, like, identifies as a werewolf. Or as <laughs> That's a wolf. funny. That's literally Jughead. She's like, whatever, serpents are death. Whatever. So they're in class. And he's like, somebody talk to me about Fahrenheit 451. And she's like, don't answer the question. And Jughead just has, like, an instinctual reaction being like, but I know the answer. It's a Hermione move. He's like, here, not only will I give you the answer, but I will also quote the book to you. I like how this school's like, no nerds allowed. Yeah. And he's like, listen, teacher man, I would like to restart the red and black, please. And he's like, girl, we'll see. (laughs) I feel like that teacher's teacher, like, just don't do drugs, okay? Yeah, I feel like the teacher's like, okay, but, like, I'm just making sure you're not punking me and you're not just gonna, like, go off the rails and start talking about random crap. That teacher's seen some shit. Yes, absolutely. Um, but he says, listen, I'm really impressed with your articles. Um, okay, you can't talk about gangs. You can't talk about Jingle Jangle. And if you do either, if you, like, start participating in any of those things, then it's done. And Jughead's like, no heckin' problem. But then, like, now Which means at some point this season, Jughead's gonna be, like, accused of something and lose (gasps) the red and black. Well, here's the thing is, like, he's already sitting with the serpents. Exactly. So what can you do? But... I'm disappointed in you, Jughead. Jug. That's just a future quote from that teacher, I'm sure. (laughs) So they're in this room that's, like, for the newspaper or whatever. It's really dusty in there. And he's like, I need a really smart and really pretty photographer. And she's like, I can do that. And I'm like, yes, work. Sounds good. And I'm like, I could ship this. I could ship it. Tony. I, I, I'm, I'm totally down with them just being friends, but yeah. I could ship it. What would we call it? Juggy? Just be Juggy. That's just, that's just his name. Yeah. Uh, Tony Head. Tonehead. <laughs> Tonehead's not too bad. Tonehead. Okay. It's better than Bughead. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we have this other character. His name is Sweet Pea. And he doesn't exist in the comics as far as I can tell. So, like, where did they come up with this name? I don't know, but I kind of love it. I kind of love it, too. Um, But he's like, listen, fine. Okay, so you won't hang out with us, but you can ask us for help and we'll just do your bidding? I don't think that's fair. Which is fair. That's fair. Okay, sure. I see his point. Mm -hmm. But he's like, whatever. I'm done with you guys. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go sit by myself. And I love that Tony's just like, he's like, just okay. not that into you, which is funny. Okay, but like also order the Phoenix Harry Potter much. Yeah. I don't need you guys. I don't need anyone. Also, this um, implies that Tony watches rom-coms. I mean, who doesn't? True. See, they're not all as hard as they come off. They watch rom-coms. Yeah. Serpents. They're people too. <laughs> Serpents. They're just like us. <laughs> That's their like PSA for trying to get people to join. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have Betty comes into the red and black. He's like, listen, you have to be armed at night, which I think is stupid because then later he's like walking out and I'm like, girl, where's your weapon? Like, you have to be armed at night, except for me. Except for me. I'm a man. Clearly very tough. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> girl, nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Secondly, okay, I have a theory about this. Okay. Like this confrontation. Are we there yet? Um, not quite. Let me just get, okay, I'll get okay, there as soon okay. as I can. Okay. So she brings in a kettle and he's like, dude, you know how they were saying Clifford Blossom's stuff was coming through here, but it wasn't the serpents because FP said serpents don't do that. It wasn't the serpents. It was the ghoulies. Thank it's you. It's like, cool. that sounds like something called ghoulies would do. Yeah. <laughs> Betty is worried about him. They start making out. Tony shows up and I'm like, snaps for this. Okay. Um, Robin, are you totally into this by any chance? I am actually like, I don't know. Like me, I am Betty in like so many ways, but I also mm-hmm. relate with Tony on so many levels because like Betty is like the side of me that's really like um, careful and rational about mm-hmm. the law and such like that. And Tony is the side of me that's just like Slytherin and selfish. Yeah. It feels like they're I both it. me. And so, like, I just love them both. <laughs> Which is very nice and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I don't and have I to, like, choose a side and hate one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, we should never do that. True, exactly. So, she's like, oh, this is not what I expected at all. And she's like, oh, what did you expect? And she's like, literally a goth girl, I guess. Kate, that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Because it's like, yeah, that is exactly <laughs> what I expect from yes, booty joking. exactly. Um... Also, Winona Ryder shout out. Yeah. It's the year of Winona Ryder. Like, it just makes me think that it is kind of funny that, like, if you look at Jughead and, like, not knowing anything about him and be like, what does that guy's girlfriend look like? It's like, you're right. Betty walks in and you're like, huh? Like, oh. Which is kind of Jughead's point from the Lost Weekend I love when couples do that. Where he's just like, this is not a thing. You're a cheerleader. Huh? But, like, that's also, like, the, like, the bold trope that like is in everything is like certain people look a certain way so they belong together like cracks me up like that was the entire point of the breakfast club yeah you know so it's like okay we've been over this territory already um tony also brought a kettle and it's like you can see in betty's eyes that she's like i know this trope yeah oh no (laughs) betty's like oh um something's happening here very dear Okay, so we have Jughead who is leaving and the doors are locked. He gets beat up in the school and it's like, dude, where's your bat? Like, you need a Steve Harrington bat. That's what you need. <laughs> he does. He needs Steve. He needs multiple Steve Harrington bats. He just needs Steve Harrington, which like saying. Yes. In every way. Stop. <laughs> your Steve Harrington situation is just fantastic. Listen. How many times do you think we can bring up Stranger Things in a podcast about Riverdale? I, I think a lot. And also like Steve Harrington specifically. Yeah. Um, I will never get over Steve Harrington. Okay, the end. Um, t- t- tell me about your theory that you had. Okay, so Juggy gets the absolute crapping out mm-hmm. of him. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. The ghoulies are mean. They totally did it, by the way, because they didn't. It was 100% the serpents trying to get Jughead back into their fold, right? Um, I think that that's a really good theory. I think that if like i wish we knew more about this like were they wearing masks and then he could be like i don't know who it was it was probably the ghoulies or is this like a hey those guys are sitting with us they're the ones who beat us up or beat me up what the heck i think it could be even like it's someone who like it could have been a serpent who dressed like a ghoulie Mm -hmm. like just put on the jacket or whatever do you not feel like an idiot when you say the word ghoulie yes it's spooky 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 It's after Halloween. It's Christmas season now. We have to get into the Christmas spirits. None of, no more of this ghoulie, ooky, spooky crap. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think it was um, the serpents actually like setting but it I up. But I also um, don't know if we will ever actually know who it was. I, don't, I think it'll come back. <laughs> if we learn, if we learn in the next episode, people are listening to being like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm a genius. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So Jughead has told Betty that it, it was a cycling accident. It's weird to me that sure, Tony Jen. is just like also at his house. Why is she there? Um, I love it, but why? I don't know. Because like she, it's not even like okay. Well, anyway, let's get get to working on the paper, you know. And also, I think that she chose to be his photographer because she likes him. Mm-hmm. Which like ditto, I get it. Yeah. Um, but like she's like the serpents have your back. Okay, so just deal with it. Take the ghoulies more seriously. I warned you about them this whole time. It's funny to me that Betty is just like, I know this trope. And yet she goes, Tony, will you take care of him for me? But I also like that it's not like, that it's like these ladies have to take care of this dude, you know? It's not the other way around. I, well, but that's like, oh, that's such a lazy trope. Because it's like men can't take care of themselves. Oh, yeah. It's kind of it's both like, way oh, around. Um, just let people be able to take care of themselves. Yep. Yup, and it's like, God, you know what? Just let Jughead make his own stupid mistakes and let women live their lives. And lastly, Jughead goes and sits with the serpents. And it's like, wow, that's a plot twist. Uh, are you ready to talk about uh, a moron? You, you mean the one with the red hair and the freckles? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm totally, like, real. I'm ready for it. Here's our, our last one. Uh, okay, so they're at football. The coach is at the hospital with Moose. Moose ended up shielding Midge with his body. Uh, and then Ethel is worried because they, they're potentially targeting students. I mean, um, Ethel's probably, like, on the right track here. Yes. Um, which actually comes back later, so mm-hmm. she's a smart cookie. When Beautiful. they get to the hospital to hang out with Moose, Reggie eats Moose's food. That, I, I love that they're folding Reggie back in because he's been recast. Yeah. Like, Yes, let's have all the Reggie just inconveniencing everyone mildly. Mm-hmm. But also being on Team Archie. Yeah. Strangely. He makes another boner joke. Which well, you know how I teenage boys are. anymore. <laughs> he's like, was it the same dude who hurt my dad? And he's like, dude, it totally was. Like, I wasn't there, but it totally was. <laughs> Midge comes in and she has this, like, moose plush. It's so cute. But also, I, I did some research, and do you know what Moose's actual name is? Wait, Moose's name isn't Moose? She Mo- says, suddenly realizing that it was <laughs> stupid to assume that it was Moose. In the comics, Moose is just a nickname. Do you want to know what his real name is? Yes. It's Marmaduke. No. I wish I wasn't... I wish I was kidding. No. I wish. No. Dude, no. Google Why it. Why would someone do that to their child? Google Moose Mason right now, I swear. Marmaduke Mason. Moose Mason. No. Marmaduke Moose Mason. Moose's parents hate him. I know it. Marmaduke. That's the fictional dog's name. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, well, this just changes everything about Moose. I understand so much about him. (laughs) Also, Moose is a way better name. Yeah, if you're if you're going up against Marmaduke, anything is a better name. Poop yeah. would be a better name. I, I think it's funny that Archie then goes home and it's just like, hey, Dad, um, you know what I was thinking? Maybe we could like, I don't know, buy a gun or something. Not that he I tries did it. to cover up tracks, 
And Fred's like, um, literally no. What family do you think you're in even? Archie's like, aw, oh, man. Um, that's my, that's my swiper no swiping impression. Oh, my God. Aw, oh, man. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, you're okay. welcome. Archie is complaining about Sheriff Keller again. Jughead calls him Travis Bickle, which is a the main character from Taxi Driver. Okay. Movie. Uh, there was more, but I have to look it up one sec. Yes, it was directed by Martin Scorsese. It's from 1976. And Travis Bickle, a 26-year-old honorably discharged U.S. Marine, is a lonely, depressed young man living on his own in New York City. He becomes a taxi driver to cope with his chronic insomnia, driving passengers every night around the city's boroughs. He also spends time in porn theaters. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, some of that was Archie. All right. What else do we have here? Uh, okay, so he's like, I think they're specifically targeting people that I care about slash people around the school. And Veronica's like, we should have private security. That's what we used to do. And it's like, okay, but we're not rich. <laughs> and also, like, private security to keep out the riffraff? Shut up, Veronica. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Red Circle Comics. Um, Red Circle Comics is real. It's like the... The comic um, publication group that I think publishes Archie Comics Mm -hmm. or something like or or is close or is affiliated with them or something. Um, As far as I know, the Red Circle doesn't like the Red Circle group doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. but Red Circle Comics does. Oh. The Red Circle Comics. Like, Red Circle Comics, the the company. But, oh, Red Circle Volume 1. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. The Red Circle was published as four one-shots, each spotlighting on a modernized DC version of a Red Circle superhero. Red Circle Comics was an imprint used by Archie Comics Publications to publish non-Archie characters, especially their own superheroes, in the 70s and 80s. Okay, so I'm kind of right. Okay. Um, whatever. It's not, like, super relevant. It's just interesting. It is interesting. Okay, so anyway, he has the gun. The Black Hood, I believe, was a Red Circle Comics character. So that's why it's relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. so Archie is compiling his gang. For some reason, Dilton is there. (laughs) Like, Archie sits there and is just like, who are the most badass dudes that I can think of? Number one, Reggie. Number two, me. Number three, Dilton. Dilton. I mean, Dilton has the gun. Who's whittling? What? What is he whittling? What? Do you not just casually whittle in public situations? I personally do not. Wow. I know. Either way, the only other person that we recognize in this room is Reggie. And everyone else, I assume, is just like the football team. He's like, we should form a circle of protection around the school. We will have no violence. And I'm like, okay, you know, you know what also is that exact idea? Mm. The serpents. Mm. You're so right. It literally, it it, it is the red serpents though. Um, Reggie is upset about the fact that there's no violence, but that ends up kind of going out the window anyway, because both he and Archie bring weapons. (laughs) So whatever. Um, They're like, what if we find the killer? And he's like, then... We will call Sheriff Keller. It's like it pains him to say that. Yeah, and it's like, you know that he's not going to call Sheriff Keller. I love that um, he's like, yeah, we're the watchdogs. We'll call ourselves 
the Watchdogs. Um, the Watchdogs is a fictional right-wing terrorist group from Marvel Comics, and they are known as one of Captain America's enemies. Fun fact. Oh, I was thinking that game that was like a ripoff of First of Interest. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, what we will be called is the Red Circle. The Red Circle. And like, do know if them, aren't any of them like, okay, but like, that's copyrighted. <laughs> that's a copyright. Aren't any of them like, hey, that's really dumb. What the hell is that even supposed yeah. to mean? Like, why does no one question that the phrase the red circle means nothing? My next note is that, like, Archie has now made more posters. Like, he just really loves making posters. Listen, he has a trial version of Photoshop, and he's going to use it, and he's not going to apologize for that. He's going to use it, and he just, he ha- he got a brand new printer, and that's yeah. all he wants to do. It can do, it can do glossy and matte. Sheriff Keller he got finally metallic inks. shows up, and it's just like, you think I'm going to let you guys start a militia? And it's like, wow, you could You let the serpents run Finally, around. <laughs> Sheriff Keller is going to stand up to Archie for something. The best part also, is that Sheriff Keller literally lets the serpents happen. Weatherby shows up and is just like, yeah, it's a school group. It's whatever. Sure. Sure. And Archie's like, this is hilarious. Good guy, Weatherby. Yeah. Even though I'm sure this is an absolutely terrible idea. Yes. It's one that I want to see it played mm. out. After Archie meets up with Reggie... Uh, we see Ethel, who is walking alone. Is this Arm. reminiscent of Stranger Things? You know what? I don't buy. What? A grown-ass woman yes. um, walking on her own. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. We live in today's society. Women don't walk she by would themselves not do that. alone at night on deserted roads because none of us are stupid. I do not believe that Ethel is that stupid. No. She's not as stupid as Kevin is being. I mean, teenagers are inherently stupid, and they also, and, like, I'm saying this having been a teenager, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we all have. Yes. Um, and they think they're absolutely invincible, but, like, I don't know, if you're a woman in today's society, and you know how bull it is that you can't walk alone by yourself, but you know that you can't walk alone by yourself, you don't do it. No. No. I, I'm, like, I can't even fathom what she was thinking. But, um, so this car begins to follow her. Do you think that was the murderer? Uh, No. Okay, and I agree with you, and the reason for that is because what sin has Ethel committed? Um, I cannot think of were, one personally. Yeah, because you can't punish her for her father's sins. Yes, exactly. That, like, that storyline's already played out. Yes. Um, so she calls Archie. She g- just has to hide somewhere. They find her. I think KJ was great in this scene, personally, where he... Brittany's <laughs> opinions on KJ will remain with herself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, But, like, he runs in one direction, and then as soon as... He, like, almost trips while coming back the other way. And I really love the way that he said, don't say sorry, and everything. He was good. He, yeah, I, no, I liked him great. in that one little piece right there. <laughs> no, Archie... I think the thing that Archie's doing is he's bringing people comfort in mm-hmm. a really scary time, and I think that's cool. That's yeah. a really cool storyline to give Archie, considering last season, he was not a proactive character yeah. at all. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, yeah. But they find her, and she's just really scared. Um, but I guess, like, I don't know, they're gone or whatever. I think they did a good thing here, and I really, really... Like, as much as I make fun of it, I'm actually super interested in this plot Me line. too. I'm yeah. excited that Archie's doing something that's not, like, terrible. Yeah, he, he's not, like, caught up with the blossoms in some weird incestuous plot line. Like, he's got something really cool going on here. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready, after we've said this nice thing about him, to just run him into the ground? Absolutely. Um, so Dilton, <laughs> since he's, like, not the most buff, I guess, um, is the one who records uh, this message that, like, where did you put, he put it on YouTube, I guess? 
Um, because Hiram is watching it after and does like a an, a, a scary chair turn thing. Yep. So everyone's wearing red masks and wearing like muscle shirts slash no shirt, except for Archie, who's wearing a full shirt and no mask. Like, does his um, hair just count as his red mask? But also, like, it means, like, he's made himself the face of the movement. Uh-huh. And it's like, first of all, all those masks look pink. So all of you guys look like you just came from the Women's March. And, like, that I'm super into. Like, yeah. yes. If I pretend that all of this is for, like, the Women's March, then I'm, like, I'm good about it. But they look like a gay militia. This video is ridiculous. They are shirtless. They are wearing, like, pinky red hoods. They look like they just came or are about to go to Pride and climb on their float. I love it. <laughs> I don't love it. I think it was really stupid, but... Like, how... What? Explain to me what you think is threatening about this. I mean, if I saw this, I would probably laugh. Yeah, yeah. I don't really yep, yep, see yep, yep, anything yep. scary about this at all. Like, no. And plus, like, the threats that he's giving are kind of, like vague he stole this threat from anonymous yeah he like spent too much time like on tumblr and like learned about 4chan yesterday and was like oh i know what i will do we'll take the tagline from anonymous and like make ourselves seem real cool we are legion and i'm like you have got to be like why are they intentionally associating archie with like that movement i don't know we'll have to see i don't know also, just want to point out, there's no girls in his militia. True. What's up with that? Uh, so now it's time for our segments. My first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, Jughead potentially has a new love interest, but that does not ruin Asexual Jughead. So, cool. And my segment is, did a Jughead eat a burger? No. I mean, he was at lunch a couple times, but I don't recall him actually eating anything. And Cheryl didn't eat her nuggets, which yeah. I was real upset about, because mm-hmm. I really want nuggets right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. my favorite line award goes to Jughead for... I'm gonna sit alone. Just gonna finish my book and brood. I knew that you were, I knew you were gonna pick that one. It's I heard that so one and I was like, that's a Robin funny, line. Cause I call him a brooding anti-hero and the fact that he actually used the word, I am going mm-hmm. to go brood, is hilarious to yep. me. I knew you would love that. It's so funny. I love it. And mine goes to actual cheese ball Archie Andrews for... We are Legion. We're called the Red Circle. And we're coming for you. <laughs> and I can't decide if I want the whole quote. It's just like, what a loser. What a loser. But I like, I love him now, so. I'm glad. Yeah. So he's like a lovable loser. I mean, you rewatch season one and you're like, <coughs> but like sometimes you can like him. Hopefully he doesn't ruin Season two, Archie's much better. In the, yeah. in the new episode. Uh, that we are now uh, going to watch the trailer for. This uh, episode is already out and we are, go- I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm going to watch it immediately as soon as we're done recording here. I'm going to get groceries and then do that. Because okay. I'm hungry. Okay, are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and count it down. Three, two, one okay. play. So much chaos and confusion. I'm terrified. Ooh, Alice. Oh is no, Betty. Did that? He's doing it for me. He's doing it, dude. For me. It is a Zodiac killer. Archie, trouble. Why would he be? Do- oh. I want the Black Hood dead. I want to be the last thing. Oh my Betty God, this is so Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry. Isn't it? This, this is actually like. Central. 
This is actually like super dope. I think it's so interesting. First of all, it's very Prisoner of Azkaban Harry that he's being, he's being like, he was that friend. I'm going to kill him. When it's like, you have But it's no... also so West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, it, it makes sense that he's doing it for Betty though, because it's like, if, if he knows what Betty knows, he would know about the affair that Fred did. He would know about Grundy. He would maybe know about Moose and Midge. I don't know, but I mean, if Betty's out here being like, all of these things are wrong, then like, I don't know, like, huh. I'm excited to watch this episode in half an hour. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I have so many yeah. theories and I just, I, I'm really liking this season so Me much. Too. I'm excited about it. Like, despite how much I make fun of this mm -hmm. show, it remains endlessly entertaining. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, which we super are, we like mm -hmm. to talk about that show too. And you can listen to our season four podcast on our SoundCloud. And hey, let us know if you want us to like gush about Stranger Things. <laughs> we can do that too. Oh my God. I would love to like do like a mini podcast about like Stranger Things because I just want to talk about Stranger Things. Yeah, let's literally, yeah. Okay, but like we should do it. We also have a Lost podcast, a.k.a. My Pride and Joy. And yeah, we have a good time over there. We're almost done season one. So definitely come check us out. Even if you're not a fan of Lost yet, you heck and will be after you hear all the nice things we have to say about it. But it's uh, spoiler free and spoiler full. So it's for everybody. Yay. And we're, we're almost to the part with my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Zuh. Yeah. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, at, at The Aficionados. But mostly Twitter. But mostly Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. It's expensive, like way more expensive than we expected to run podcasts and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, if you like what we do here, please consider donating because I have these postcards that I'm considering sending to all of our patrons. So if um, you want that one. That sounds cool. Yeah. I'll send it to you. I want one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A -T -T -A -A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And join us for the next episode, which is 204, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which we will be recording literally tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. So um, get us your thoughts on, on that one. Um... Get into it. Week, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but The Town That Dreaded Sundown was a 1976 horror film, and it was loosely based on a on real serial killer crimes. So that's cool. Ooh, do you think they did this on BuzzFeed Unsolved? Um, I don't think they have yet. I think I would have paid way more attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> BuzzFeed Unsolved idea. You're right. You're right. Someone hit up Ryan and Shane. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. <laughs> See y'all real soon. Come back now, you hear?